This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Let's go ahead and get into our message for the evening. Uh, amen. Who's excited for the Word of God tonight? Yes. All right. Well, we got an interesting one for you tonight. The title tonight is Hashtag Faith Fake News. Hashtag Fake News. And so that's our title, and you're like, what is that about? Well, I want to talk for a few minutes about some fake news, because that's kind of a, to- you know, it's a topic these days, you know. Uh, everywhere you look, there's, there's news stories, and you don't know whether to believe it or not. Am, are you noticed that? I was scrolling through Facebook earlier today, and a bunch of people had shared this story, and I, right away I knew it was fake news, but it was, it was a, and people, a lot of my friends were believing it. They were sharing this story about a midget motorcycle gang in Boston that had overtaken the city. And they were like, midgets on motorcycles, they're everywhere. Then they're killing people, and, and, they're, and they're part of the Irish mob. And, and I had friends sharing this story, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? That's fake news. You've got to see that. And anyway, I, you know, it's, just, it's crazy what people will believe. And so there's fake news that gets spread around obviously, in our day and age. But the truth of the matter is this, is that the devil will try to spread fake news to you. He wants you to believe lies that aren't true. He wants to feed things into your mind and get you to think that people are against you, that you're not ever going to make it, that, that nobody likes you, that you're, you're poor and, and ugly and, and sick and you're, you're going to be a loser your whole life. And some people are sitting there believing that. And you know what I'm thinking? Hashtag fake news. That's fake. There's, that's not real. But people are believing it. And so I was sitting here thinking about what, you know, I, I imagine the fake, the fake news lines that I see come across my screen and that, that I see people believing in stuff. And so I had a, a fake news uh, a headline pop before my eyes. Uh, go ahead and put that up there. I, I'm trying to remember how I worded this. But this, is, this will be our fake news headline. In a fit of fury, God sends hard times to Christians in Barstow, California. God got so mad that he just decided to send some difficult, hard times to Christians in Barstow, California. I would see that title and right away I'd think that's fake news. That's fake because God doesn't send hard times upon his children. God doesn't do that. And some, somebody that may not know any better, they'd be like, oh, wow, that sounds incredible. I just better go, I better go telling people that right now. And people will tell me, well, you know, the Lord knows better than I do. That's why he gave me this cancer. What? Where did he get it? God doesn't have cancer. Uh, uh, well, I, 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 if God really wanted me to quit smoking this dope, he'd just take it from me. What? He doesn't smoke dope. What's he going to do with it? He doesn't want your dope. He wants you to throw it away. He doesn't want it. What's he going to do with it? Quit trying to give it. You know, I'm just giving it to the Lord, brother. He doesn't want it. He doesn't drink and he doesn't smoke and he doesn't. I mean, come on. God doesn't want your dope. He wants you to toss it out and be away with it. So we're going to look at tonight some lies, some fake news that I see Christians believing. And, and you have to realize that if you were to see something, if somebody were to come up tomorrow and tell you, well, God knows uh, he won't give us more than we can handle. So I believe that he, he gave this to me for a reason. He, he, he split up my marriage for a reason. He took my dog for a reason. He took my, I lost my job. There must be some reason way out beyond that I don't get it. But, but God knew what he was doing when he took my job from me. Listen, 
If you hear stuff like that, it's fake news. It's a lie from hell that a lot of Christians believe. And the sooner that you realize that God is not the source of your trouble, He's the answer to your trouble, when you get that revelation and you start to realize that God's not against you, God's for you. God comes to bring life and life more abundantly. The thief, according to John 10.10, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if there's ever something going on in your life that is stealing, killing, or destroying, it is not God doing it to you. You've got to realize that. It's either you doing it to yourself or it's the devil. I mean, those are basically your options. Now, I've brought pain in my life plenty of times on my own, and the devil didn't even need any help. He, I just did it to myself. That's one case. But a lot of the times it's just straight up an attack from the devil. But never has God attacked me. Never. God's never attacked David Samples. God's ne- when I had cancer, because I did have it, uh, God isn't the one that gave it to me, but God is the one that healed me from it. God, God is, when I was crippled and couldn't walk anymore, God isn't the one that did that to me, but God's the one that healed me out of that situation and brought me through it. And so you have got to realize what's fake news, what's a lie from hell, and what's the truth of God's word. And so we're going to look at three quick things tonight for you to, to just realize if you were to see something like this, or the next time somebody says, well, God brought these hard times upon me to teach me something, listen, you need to know the answer to this stuff. So the first thing I'm going to say is this. Number one, hard times are a part of life for everybody. Hard times come to everybody. Now, I'm not believing God. I'm not saying, God, bring the hard times because that's how I'm going to get more faith. Because hard times are not what give you faith. Did you know that? Where does faith come from, Christians? Hearing the Word of God. Romans 10:17. faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So you do need to realize, though, that nobody in this world is 1,000% exempt from ever having a problem occur. We're all going to have problems occur. Jesus himself faced difficult times. And if Jesus faced difficulty, I don't think that I'm any better than that. I think that I'm going to face some difficulty sometimes. So you've got to realize that, that hard times do come to everybody. It's just some people are smart enough to fight it off with the Word of God and do something about it. And some people sit there and think that God's the one that sent it, so they might as well receive it. And that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, if God is the one that made you sick to teach you a lesson or to bless you with that sickness, then why are you praying to get healed? Why would you pray away a blessing? If, God, if God's the one that gave it to you, by all means, you keep your blessing and you learn everything you need to learn from it. But I don't learn from sickness. All I learn is that, hey, I like to be well. I don't like to be sick. And so some people, well, God gave me this. And it's, it's in his infinite wisdom, he's trying to teach me something. It's really a blessing. Well, then by all means, quit praying to be healed and just keep your blessing to yourself. But stay away from the rest of us if you're contagious. OK, we don't want that around us. But I'm telling you, God is not the source of your sickness. God is not the source of your trouble. But hard times do come to everybody. So look at this. Let's look at first Peter, chapter five, verse nine. Wow, I've had it's more quiet in my house and. I said 1 Peter 5, 9. On Wednesday night, High Desert Word Center, Soap Mine Road. 1 Peter 5, 9. We'll get there. We'll get there. Wow. 1 Peter 5, 9. Now, difficulty does come to each person that's born into the planet. The only way that you'll never have trouble is to die. 
Whoa, someone sounded too excited about that. The only way that you're never going to have trouble anymore is to just straight up die because then you're in heaven and there is no trouble. But as long as you are in this world, there is an enemy, the Bible tells us, right? It tells several places. There's an enemy. He walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so there's an enemy in this world. He's not in heaven. I'll have no trouble in heaven. There's no devil in heaven. He got kicked out. They let him up there one time and he was so crazy they kicked him out. But he's down here on this earth right now. And so 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Stand firm against him. So the devil, he walks around as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But it says right here to stand firm against him. Don't just sit there and, and well, I'm just going to, you know, take what comes against you. You know, just play the, the hand that fate has dealt me. No, if that's your attitude, man, you need to be a warrior in Christ. You don't need to sit there and take this stuff. But it says, stand firm, be strong in your faith, and remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering or trials that you are. And so, you are not the only one that deals with the issues you're dealing with. Can I get an amen? You're not the only one that has marriage trouble. You're not the only one that faces health trouble. You're not the only one that's struggling to raise your kids. You're not the only one that has difficulty paying the bills sometimes. If you think that you're the only one, you have believed the worst fake news headline of all time. The midget motorcycle gang is more believable than, the, than, you, than you believing that you're the only one facing your trouble. Okay, you are not the only one. It says you need to know that that your family all over the world, there's people in Russia right now facing the same thing you are. There's people in China and and, and Korea and, and Kenya and all over this world facing the same stuff you are. But the devil wants to isolate you and make you think that nobody understands what you're going through. Nobody can relate to this. None of my friends, they think they get it, but they don't. Nobody knows what I'm going through right now. I mean, this is, this is my issue. This is my problem. And I could, tell, I could go to the church for help, but they wouldn't even understand. They wouldn't even know because this is my thing. That's a lie from hell. Listen, somebody else, according to the Word of God, has faced the same thing. And I want to show you another verse to further prove my point. It's 1 Corinthians 10.13. 1 Corinthians 10.13, and, and I love this verse for several reasons. There's many applications out of this verse, but there's something that you need to see right here. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, so don't let the devil get you to believe that nobody knows the trouble you've seen. That nobody can relate. <laughs> that nobody knows, like, well, nobody knows what I'm going through, man. The struggle's real, and I just wish that somebody could relate to Listen. Somebody can relate to what you're going through. It may not be me. It may not be the person sitting next to you. But there is somebody who has faced it before. You're not that special that the devil, you're so cool, the devil just had to come up with a whole new scheme for you that he's never tried on anybody else before. He's been at this millions of years, but I've never seen someone like this. I've got to do, come up with a whole new thing. He has no new tricks. He's doing the same thing that he's always done. Now, he, the, the, he has technology now to work with and many foolish people, but at the same time, he's doing the same thing he's always done, trying to break up families, trying to make people sick, trying to get people to hate each other. It's the same thing. 
just using different methods. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says the temptations or the troubles in your life are no different from what others experience. I'm sorry, you're just not that special. What you're, the temptations, the troubles in your life, they're no different from what others experience. But the good news is this, God is faithful. Amen? Wouldn't it be sad if that verse just ended right there? Well, listen, the temptations in your life are no different than from what others experience. Period. That would be bad news right there. That, now, that, that, would get, that would be scary if it was like, man, shut up. Everybody's going through troubles right now. That, you can't expect it to get any better. But it doesn't say that. It says, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation, the trouble, the, the trial to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. God always provides, the King James says right here, a way of escape. So there's never a situation that you get into that you couldn't get out of with the help of God. Because God is faithful. And so there's, he will always show you a way out. Amen? And so sometimes people are like, well, the temptation was too much. There was just no way out. I had to do it. The temptation was too much. No, it wasn't. Either you're lying or God's lying. The temptation is never too much for you to be able to bear. God will always provide a way out so that you can endure. The trial, the trouble, the temptation, these are all synonyms of the same Greek word here. Listen to me. It's all the same thing. God provides a way out so that you can endure. So hard times, difficulties, they come to everybody that's ever been born into this planet. You are not the only one to face them. But the second thing I'm going to say tonight is this, is that hard times don't mean that God's angry with us. Now, sometimes people are like, well, the man upstairs must be angry. First of all, he's not the man upstairs, so just get that out of your vocabulary. He's God Almighty, God the Father. And also, no, he's not mad at you. You've got to realize this. Now, we, I mean, we do some stupid things that God does not like. I'll admit that. And, and yes, God can get angry, absolutely. But for you to sit around and think these hard times, God sent this bad situation to me because he is mad at me. So God sent this car wreck to teach me a lesson in his fury and rage. He caused me to have a car wreck to teach me a lesson. No, he didn't. That's stealing, killing, destroying. It says the thief does that. John 10, 10. You got to know this verse. But Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. So God doesn't send car wrecks. God doesn't even send tornadoes to you. God doesn't send, you know, all that. Listen, God is the source of life. And so the devil's always going to try to throw trouble at Christians because we're a threat to his kingdom. The source of trouble is not God. He's the answer to trouble. I'm going to say that a lot of times tonight. God is not the source of your trouble. He's the answer to your trouble. And so just because you're facing a difficulty in life right now, it doesn't mean that God's mad at you. If that's the case, then God was mad at Jesus sometimes because he faced difficulties. And God was mad at Paul sometimes. But let me show you some of Jesus' troubles here. Let's look at John chapter 8. We'll look at three quick things, some troubles that Jesus faced in the book of John. John chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 58 through 59. 
but I need Christians to quit believing the fake news from the devil that he throws at them every day. I mean, it's just absolutely astounding some of the stuff that, that we still hear people say, and they actually believe it. And sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, I think you're being serious right now. I, I'm pretty sure you believe what's coming out of your mouth right now. You really believe that? You believe that God's the one that did that to you? You think God stole your children? You think God is the one? You really believe that? I can't, oh my gosh. And you've got to realize, man... And you're going to be a mixed up individual if you don't even know who the enemy is. You think God's the enemy. You're going to be mixed up for a long time. But hard times don't mean that God's angry with us because we know this. It has to be true because Jesus himself faced troubles. John chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Now he's speaking to some Jewish people right here and they loved Abraham, and they loved Moses, and they loved David. They love all of these guys, but Jesus just said, listen to me. Before Abraham was around, I was around. I am. And you say that to a Jewish person, they're like, they know what that means. We don't fully get it, but they know what that means. And they're like, what? That ticked them off. This guy just not only said that he's better than Abraham, he just told all of them, I'm God. Before Abraham was around, I am. That means, listen people, I'm older than Abraham because I'm God. And that sent them into a fit of rage. Verse 59, at that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. And so you read that and you're like, big deal, they're going to throw rocks at him. Big deal. Dude, they knew how to kill people with rocks back then. They could kill you quick with some rocks. That's what, that was their, that was how they handled their business. If they were mad, they just threw rocks at you until you died. Painful death right there, man. And so Jesus, he makes them so mad by saying that he's God and that he's been around longer than Abraham. They're going to kill him on the spot. Jesus had to hide from them and get out of the temple. Isn't that incredible? And and you think that you've got trouble because somebody has a different opinion than you about something. So you have a meltdown because not everybody in America agrees with your opinion. And so you're being persecuted. Fake news. No, you're not being persecuted. And so anyway, Jesus knew what this was about. Let's look at John chapter 10, verse 31. Aren't we having a good time tonight? You're glad, you're glad you came to church, aren't you? I knew it. I knew you were glad. John 10, verse 31. And so, that's, here we are. Once again, they tried to arrest him. Oh, no, excuse me. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. So apparently, this is an ongoing problem for Jesus. He goes places, preaches the gospel, takes people off, and they try to kill him. Now, I've preached a lot of times, even in other countries, nobody has ever tried to kill me for preaching the gospel. I've had people disagree, I've, had, I've said things that have upset people, but never has anybody tried to kill me for preaching. And it seems like Jesus ticked people off left and right, so much to the point where he was just getting used to this. Once again, they picked up stones to kill him, and he had to run for his life. And look at verse 39, same chapter, John 10, verse 39. It says, Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. And so Jesus, are you you, you see what I'm saying here? That Jesus was not exempt from trouble. And so if Jesus was not exempt from trouble, that tells me 
that there's going to be trouble that tries to come to me. Now, I'm going to fight that trouble in the name of Jesus and I'm going to win the victory. I I know that much. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of what the devil's going to bring at me. But I'm not stupid enough to think that that I'm just never going to have any trouble, that he's done messing with me because he's just going to give up. He's not going to give up. And, and there's so much more we could teach on this, but I'm pressed for time. But I want to show you really quick that the Apostle Paul faced troubles. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23, because if you think you have trouble, wait till you see the trouble that Paul endured. It's a lot worse than anything you've ever endured. And I'm sorry to say that, but I just it's true. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. And so Paul, in this unique chapter right here, gives us a glimpse of the difficulties that he faced. And it's a pretty gnarly list to look at because, you know, we think that we have it bad and we get persecuted and, and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you got, do you realize how spoiled we Americans are? Like if they take 10 minutes for your drive through order, you think it's persecution? You're like, um, just want a Big Mac, man. Going on nine minutes right now. Lord, help me endure. Oh, you said you'd make a way of escape, but Lord, the drive-thru's locked in. There's concrete there. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Listen, you got we got to toughen up, man. <laughs> but here we go. Second Corinthians 11, verse 23. Paul says, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. He's, he said he, he's been whipped so many times, been beaten with whips so many times that he lost count. I mean, when you get beat with a whip, that kind of sticks out in your mind. You'd think, and this is the fourth time this has happened to me. But it happened to him so many times, he lost count. Times without number. I don't even know how many times I've been beat. And then he says, and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Now, you, you do know that the 39 lashes, that's the beating they gave Jesus before he went to the cross. That killed a lot of people on one time. Paul had the 39 lashes five different times. You've seen the movie The Passion, right? You saw the, you saw the, the story on the History Channel or whatever that was called. Listen, you get a little bit of an idea how gruesome it is. Would you think that after that happened to you one time, you're like, that's enough. I quit preaching. They obviously don't want to hear it. I'm out of here. I don't have to take this anymore. Five times he took that beating and still didn't quit. And I like, I mean, I picture like, what did this guy's back look like? Can you imagine they lift his shirt up to beat him again? They're like, whoa, he's had this before. His back must have been disgusting. I mean, his back must have been scarred and, oh. He, his, he must have, his body must have really been tore up. But he didn't complain. He just kept preaching. Three times I was beaten with rods. Ow! That had to hurt. Three times with rods? What in the world? Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Three times? Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Can you imagine floating in the middle of the ocean for a whole night and day. You know, you can read the story of his shipwreck at the end of the book of Acts. They had a shipwreck. He's holding on to a piece of wood in the middle of the ocean. Can you imagine there are sharks and everything else? 
at what point do you, have you had enough? And you say, I think that maybe I've missed God. Maybe God's mad at me. Maybe I have just chosen the, long, the wrong line of work. I should have been a baker. I should have been a firefighter. I should have, I should have done something else. But this preaching thing, I, people beat me up. They hate me. Why am I doing this? But he never quit. He kept going. And I know people that would quit going to church because someone gave them a dirty look. Because somebody didn't like their Facebook post. Because somebody doesn't agree with their politics. They'll quit going to church. But Paul got beaten to a pulp day after day. And I think it's uh, Acts 13, 14, maybe it's 16. One of those the middle chapters of Acts. He was literally stoned to death. The believers gather around, lay hands on him. He gets raised from the dead, goes right back into the same city that just killed him and preaches more. What? Captain Insano. This guy's nuts. Why do, you, why do you not quit? But we quit because somebody doesn't agree with us, because we didn't get invited, because nobody ever gets... Man, that's not persecution. We've got to, we've got to understand this. And, and, and hard times don't mean that God is mad at us. But let me keep going through his list here because it gets even more pretty. So once he spent a whole night and day adrift at sea, he said, I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. Everybody hates me. My own people, the Jews hate me and the Gentiles. I faced danger from them. I faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, on the seas. I faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but they are not. I have worked hard and long and during many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food often. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then he just drops the mic and walks off. So, listen. Would you say that Paul was a man of God? Would you say that God was mad at Paul? No, this wasn't because God was mad at him. It's because the devil was mad at him. And, but Paul, he didn't quit. He just kept going, getting back up. They'd knock him down. He'd get back up and go back in again. Uh, Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs that the righteous man could get knocked down seven times, but he keeps getting back up. But the wicked man, you just knock him down one time and he's down for the count. He doesn't get up again. Wow. Paul was a righteous man. He kept getting back up. And so I'm telling you that if you're facing a little difficulty right now, maybe you got a little pressure coming into your life from somewhere. It's not because God sent it to you. It's not because God's mad at you. It's not that. It could, it could be a number of reasons, but it's not because God sent it. And it's not because God is mad at you. Now, I'll, I'll briefly say this, that sometimes trouble comes into our life and difficulty comes because we're not abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91, it says that those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, they don't have to fear evil. Okay? Evil's all around us, but if you're... And what does that mean? If I'm going to be in somebody's shadow, that means I've got to be really close to him, right? I can't be under Shaheem's shadow if I'm, you know, three miles up the road. I've got to be pretty close. And some, some people are like, I don't get what's going on. I love the Lord. You may love him, but are you abiding under the shadow of the Almighty? He only hears from you once a month when you need something, but you never talk to him other than that. And you think that you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty? No, you're not. And so, yes... Obviously, you're outside of the protection zone there. And I picture it like this, and I use this example. But imagine it's raining all over the place, 
and God's standing here holding the umbrella. As long as I'm standing under the umbrella, listen, I'm cool. But a lot of people, they walk outside of the umbrella and they're like, hey, it's raining. What's going on? God's doing this. No, he's over there holding the protection. You walked away. God didn't screw up. God didn't mess up. God didn't leave you. You left him. And so that's one way that we bring trouble on ourselves sometimes is we don't stick close to God and then we're outside of the protection zone. God has set up boundaries in our life not to hurt us, but to keep us safe. Some people will read a Bible verse. You mean I can't go get drunk? Man, nothing but rules. This, this is bondage. This is trying to control me. It's trying to protect you. That's a boundary to protect you. It says right here that I should only have a relationship with someone I'm married to. Man, this is old-fashioned. That's trying to protect you, man. That's a boundary trying to protect you. That's not to hurt you. That's to protect you. And sometimes we walk outside of those boundaries, then we get hit by the bus and wonder, where was God? He's where he's always been. You're the one that ran out into the street. All right, we better get on to point number three. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Number three. So we are, we've already learned that God, he's not the one sending hard times. He's, and he's not mad at you just because you're going through a hard time. But number three, God helps us through the hard times. Who can say amen to that? That God has helped you through the hard time. Yes, thank God that, that he's helped us through the things that we've gone through. But look here at Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And so people that don't know Jesus don't know how to handle difficult situations like we do. Because, listen, difficulties come to everybody. As long as you're a human being, difficulties will come to you. But the thing is this, a born-again Christian, someone that abides under the shadow of the Almighty, they know how to fight back. They know how to handle difficult situations. I know some people that, I mean, they don't have a relationship with God. Man, when minor things come into their life. They have a full-blown meltdown. They have no idea what to do. They have no idea. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, oh, and they, 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 have, they just blow up. I'm like, well, everyone else I know, they just go to God and, and, and take it to Him and, and, and He helps them out of it. And I thank God that I know where to go with my troubles. I know what to do when difficulty comes. I know what to do when a bad report comes. And that some people, they just, they don't know. Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And so as a Christian, there is always hope. Amen? There is always hope. If you're a Christian, you may not see it right now, but there is always hope in every single circumstance. I, I, there's times that I'm feeling the pain. There's, some, there's times that I'm not feeling my best, but I am never for one second without hope. I will never say this is a hopeless situation. Those words will never exit my mouth ever because there is no situation that this life can throw at me where I can say it's hopeless. It's hopeless. No, I believe this verse and this hope will not lead to disappointment. We always have hope. Psalm 34, 19. Now I'm really moving. Psalm 34, verse 19. Stick with me. Psalm 34, 19. Psalm 34 is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I read it very, very often. Psalm 34, verse 19. 
So what are you going to do the next time that the thought comes into your mind? I wonder if God made this happen to me. You're going to say, huh, hashtag fake news, right? Then you say in the name of Jesus, but yeah, use the name of Jesus still. But what are you going to do the next time someone comes up and say, man, I think God's making me sick. You're going to hit him. No, 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 no. Don't hit him. No. Violence is never the answer, friends. No, no. Unless you're bigger than them. <laughs> Psalm 34, 19. Uh, and so King David writes this. The righteous person faces many troubles. So it, it doesn't say the righteous person will never face troubles ever again. It doesn't say that. And on the contrary, it says the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. That's good news right there. That's the truth. That's the real news right there. That, yeah, troubles may come my way, but the Lord is going to rescue me every single time. Every time. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue every single time. There is never a time in my life that God hasn't come to the rescue. I've been through cancer. I've been through being crippled, losing my vision. I've been, I've been through a few things. But the Lord has every single time come to the rescue and never left me on my own. I have confidence in God. I have confidence that no matter what this world, no matter what the enemy throws at me, that God is bigger and he's going to bring me through it. And I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that he is never the source of my trouble. He's always the answer to my trouble. And until you get that in your mind, until you understand the word of God on this issue, you're going to be confused and losing battle after battle because you don't know whether to rebuke God or rebuke the devil. One last thought I'll share and then I'll be done. Think about it this way. If God is the one who sends storms, think Jesus himself was in a storm, right? He, and he was, he was so peaceful and calm that he was sleeping through it, right? So the disciples come and they have to wake him up. Teacher, aren't you, don't you care that we're getting ready to drown? Jesus gets up and, and does he say, no guys, we've got to endure this one. God sent this storm to teach us a lesson. Because this one's from God. No, he says, peace be still. He rebuked the storm. If the storm was from God, why did Jesus rebuke it? Why would you rebuke something that God sent? That doesn't make any sense. If it's from God, you should welcome it, just like I said earlier about sickness. If it's from God, then you should welcome it and quit, quit praying away the blessings. But the biggest thing I want you to understand tonight is this. We gotta, we're out of time. We've got to stop. But you've got to realize that God is the answer. He's not the source of the trouble. And anytime that thought comes to your mind, anytime someone tells you that, you know that it's fake news, it's a lie from the devil, and it is absolutely nothing could be further from the truth. If God is for you, who could be against you? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up. I better shut it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.